0: Fill her up. You're listening to the Gas Digital Network.
1: What's going on, everybody? This episode's coming at you a little late. I apologize, but if you've been on Patreon.com slash you know all the drama, you know all the craziness. It was, it was one frying pan to another, going from uh, Milwaukee Metal Fest over to Europe for the Hey Pre Tour, then coming back and realizing that uh, I was probably going to go septic if I didn't go right to uh, a doctor and get a wisdom tooth removed and a gum surgery taking you know biopsy in my cheek or oh, infection in the bone i mean it was it was terrible but uh i'm on the mend and i'm headed out on tour with hate breed and uh, you'll have to i don't know if you're going to be around for the starland show but it's going to be a rager i'll check i, September I bet you i will 10th. be
2: oh yeah September I'm, all,
1: 10th. I'm in there Come out, we're going to, I got to try to get Brewer out there. It's going to be good. You go to Haybreed VIP, or you could just go to Martyrstore.net. We're running a code right now if you want Haybreed VIPs. But uh, price is going up this week, I think this Friday. So use the code SUMMER. You'll save 15% at Martyrstore.net. You'll see the hapreed hey VIP packages, and you'll see all the uh, leftover Milwaukee Metal Fest merch, especially all the stuff that was lost. And I apologize. I've seen everybody was writing me for weeks and weeks. Yo, where's the dying fetus shirts? Where's the Ripper shirts? Where's the leftover crowbar shirts? They were delivered to another doc. It's my fault. I was in Europe. Everybody who was working did not know to go over there and check and see. So they sat <laughs> for over a month. All right. Um, thank you to Factor bringing us today's show. Great new sponsor. I love them. I've, I've, I've used their company before. Their meals are incredible. I've done the keto ones. I've done the vegan ones. The vegetarian ones they are all good. Go to Factormeals.com slash JOSTA50 and use the code JOSTA50 and uh, you'll save 50% off. Also, then go to IndieMerchStore.com. IndieMerchStore.com, promo code JOSTA10. Anytime you help any of these companies out, you're helping out the show and you're helping me out. And dental work is not cheap. I even passed a kidney stone. I don't know if I told you about that. Like giving birth, I heard dude it was it was not good. it was it was not good. So that's what I get for trying to set up a festival, go into a tour and do two podcasts and a patreon and produce a record, which I can't talk about yet. but um i'm I'm sorry that it's been such a long time. but hopefully you've you know enjoyed the Wolf Hoffman episode and and we got Brendan Small also coming up this week. So from New Death Meta
0: Metalocalypse movie just dropped. Yes,
1: and it's dope, and who knows? Maybe they can save this Warner Brothers uh, stock price. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Technically, you'd be up on the year, I think, but I think for five years, you'd be down, like, 36%. But technically, you'd be up if you bought it a year ago. Like, not by much. Anyways, we we don't have to do... rock and Stock will be my new uh, podcast that will come out later this year. For now, we'll just keep it to the Josta show. All right, everybody, uh, thank you. And if you bought something on Depop... I'll get your shout out and I'll get, I'll get your shout on the next episode and I'll get your stuff shipped out this week. Depop.com slash Josta. Uh, Yeah. Donate to the show at Jamie Josta on Venmo. Donate to my dental surgery. I don't know. Anything helps at this point. So I don't, you know, stab myself. All right. Who do we got? David Ellison, formerly a legend currently of diet. Enjoy the show, everybody.
0: My friend, the lead singer of Hate Breed, the infamous and notorious Jamie Josta is in the building. That's what's up. Jamie
2: Josta from the metal band Hate Breed. That guy's famous. Coffee, death metal, and push-ups. That's Jamie Josta. Remember Jamie Josta? You know him. He's a podcaster, but he's also a metal man. I would
1: say you need that. That shit is hard. First show back with David Ellison in the house was meaning to have you on like way, way sooner. Once I got the advance of the diet, am I saying that right?
0: Yeah, you're saying it right. Yep. Yeah.
1: Okay. And I was, I was like really pleasantly surprised because, uh, my feeling is everybody should just go harder in their older age. Just go harder. Like, like don't go the Beatles style. Like don't go, don't go acoustic, like go, Like the older you get, the harder you should get. Right. Because you've lived your life. You've been through the trials and the tribulations like the music should reflect that. But people go, oh, no, you know, it's better to go softer. But can you can you walk us through like how you met, how the idea came about and like what is what is the hardest music you're listening to in, in your personal life?
0: Well, you know, it's funny. This was—I've um, done a couple things. So, like, look, look, I worked on a couple Soulfly records back in the 2000s. That was pretty heavy, obviously, and um, so that was fun. On Prophecy and Dark Ages, I just a couple years ago was in the studio with Al Jorgensen writing a song, and in play, we played, we wrote a track. Me and Billy Morrison and his guitar player Caesar, and Al just sat in the corner and kind of let us do our thing. Get his Pro Tool guy there. You know, laying down, you know, uh, tracks for us to riff to. That was a, that I mean, that was a bucket list for me to write something, with a, you know, for a ministry record. So that that was certainly heavy. Um, you know, with the earliest Megadeth stuff, when we were writing that, it wasn't as fast. And honestly, it was heavier. You know what I mean? A lot of that killing and some of the stuff on Peace cells like it was heavy, you know, Um Skull beneath the skin, you know that that stuff was heavy. I mean, it was it was the heaviest thing at the time, that's for sure. And it, it, you know, it it scared you when you played it, you know, which is how it should be, right? So, uh, uh, you know, your parents won't approve, so you know it's good. And uh, so it's funny you say that about now, you know, whatever's age appropriate, don't do that. Like go go heavier, go harder, you know. You're you're the king of that, so you know. (laughs) You know, and you know, look, you know, look, you know, and it's funny. You know, I feel I was thinking about it coming on here today because you know we were supposed to talk when me and Frank Bello put out our record, and we got stuck in the city, and then we went out, we had a gig or something that night, and we we couldn't do your show, and it was just it was just it was embarrassing that we just it just didn't work out. So my apologies. So I'm here to make it right with you. I finally made good on that. So it's
1: all good. It's all water under the bridge. Thanks for with me. me. Yeah. If I was miffed. It was the one day because I read the Four Agreements. I get up, I flip through it, and I don't. I don't take anything personal anymore. That was a long time. You're you're going back now, at least probably four years. When when
0: did that record come out? Yeah, four that was That ago? was what 2018, I think it came out. And yeah. then we, we went to four, Europe. We were here with Slash, he put us on some shows, and uh, yeah, then we you know did some US stuff. Yeah, that was probably was 2018 or 2018, or maybe maybe it might have been January 19 when it came out. I think that was it.
1: It was, you know, what if I had taken the nice train, like the one that goes right into the city, and only stops in Stanford. Right, I would, I would have been like, no problem, I get right back on it. But I had taken the one that stops in like Ron Conkoma, Fairfield City, Fairfield Five, or what I don't know, like literally right. like Pel- Pelham Park, you know, and I'm like, I'm on there for like three and a half hours. Yeah. Just for that show. But listen, I'm not gonna guilt you about. No, no, no. Yeah. It's it's
0: it's, well, uh... and it's funny because that was probably my phase of doing lighter stuff. Um and that was and that was totally cool because you know, we're both in these, you know, big monolithic thrash bands and then all of a sudden we, we divert and, you know, like play kind of Joe Jackson REM Foo Fighters music or something, you know, and it was, uh, and I think we did it really well. So it, it's, uh, it, it, it's qualified, you know, it was, it was our thing. It was good. Um, so, but yeah, I think this, you know, and again, I, I put out the lucid record. We'd recorded that already back in 2020. And, um, kept on schedule and that came out in the fall of 21 and of course that was my first thing post Megadeth, which was which was cool and it, and it was very uplifting it was you know it was very majestic and, and cool it it, it, it kind of sat in its own bucket you know of something like wow like what is this is this not alternative it's not really metal like and i love doing that i like creating things that you can't really put a label on because to me You know, that's what great artistry is, is you, you, you have your own voice, you have your own sound and you can't really put your finger on what it is, you know, when it comes out, you know, it's like, what is ghost? What is that? You know, what was Van Halen like? It wasn't metal, but it was heavier than what was on the radio, you know? So I don't know. I, I I love when people can't put their finger on it. And um, in fact, my probably would die with my favorite description you know, I go to iTunes, you know, and it's, it's death, black metal, you know, all this kind of stuff. But my favorite one is when it said USA, Brazil, and Poland. Like that to me, okay. that was a fucking badge of honor, man, because that is a, because that's really what the band is, you know, is, is we're a guy from Brazil, May, our singer and guitar player. Our drummer, Mihal, lives in Gdansk, Poland, Gdynia, actually, just north of Gdansk. And obviously, I'm from America. And so to me, that we successfully created and brought to market, you know, an an album and now touring and dates, something in, you know, scattered around the world that we actually did it. And we didn't phone it in on the Internet. You know, we actually got in a room in Germany and laid tracks and put this down. Um, You know, so, um, you know, to your question, you know, look, I was introduced to May from Christian, from uh, Opus, from uh, Dead by Wednesday, kind of your neighbor there. No way. Up in, Yeah, he hit me in January of 2022. A lot was going on. New New year, new calendar. Obviously, I'm not in Megadeth now. Just open to whatever. I don't know. See what comes my way, you know? And, and I and I like living like that, you know, that it's just, I don't know, when email showed up to, oh, hey, I'm doing a podcast with Justin today. Awesome. You know <laughs> So it's just, I like this, you know, and And uh, Opus hit me and he said, Hey, um, I got, I was talking to Martin from, um, um, Destruction and, uh, Guilherme and Michal are, you know, the decapitated uh, entombed AD guys are looking to put something together. They got some songs. Your name came up to play bass. Are you interested? I said, "Yeah, send it over. Let me see what it is. So I knew of their bands. I did not know them. Um, and, um, you know, so and I trust Christian. If he, if he thinks it's up my alley, I, I trust him. You know, so he uh, it, well, they, made the introduction. Glaramy sends me the song. I take it in the studio, and I really I liked it. it. It again, it had a bit of a you know because he's Brazilian, and I think the way the Brazilians sing, you know, let's call it death metal for lack of a better description. Um, they sing it different and i learned this from max you know of course he's kind of the you know the the early icon of this stuff and now glaring i I heard it too is like this portuguese you know love language it it, the death metal stuff comes off the tongue the embouchure a little different you know what i mean it's very kind of sing-song even if you can't really understand some of the 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 wording exactly because of the the harshness of it or that, you know, the bombast of it. it, it, it sings different than like this Eastern European or Northern European stuff, um, which just cause they sing their consonants different. Um, you know, and it's, so, so I don't know, that's something that I noticed with it. So I, I liked the song. It was in the hall of hanging serpents. That was the first one we did. I came over here to Europe. A couple months later, we got in a room. I called Glenn and I said, dude, I'm here. I'll fly up to Poland. Let's just, let's shoot a real video. Cause we're coming out of COVID, you know, and everybody's yeah. tired of the freaking iPhone four square. <laughs> you know, we all did those, right. Cause it's just what we did during COVID. Right. But I was like, yeah, we're done with that shit. So, you know, he pulled it together, man. And, and I, I was impressed when I showed up in Gdansk at this bitching club there, that's that same site where they do the mystic festival and everything um, in the summer. And it, and it was, it was, it was dialed, you know, and I, I met the guys now in person and I was like, you know, these, these guys are for real, man. This is the, the, you know, we're on the same level and the same, even though they're, you know, younger than me, it's like, these guys have done the work. They've had their successes. Um, and they're teed up ready for the next, the next go, you know? So that, that just impressed me and that. So that's really, And you know, we came up with a name where we're just sitting there bullshitting and, put it on Facebook with like a hashtag dieth just to kind of stamp it out there and, you know, see what it was. And then we got a logo, you know, and you know how it is. It's like, you can have a name, but once you get a logo now it becomes a thing, right? Because, you know, these, what I find more and more, and you probably do too, is, um, you know, there's a lot of bands that, that we all know of that while they may have some success, it's like, there's not a, connection to the fabric of the society, you know? And, and I grew up in a day, Kiss being an example, where, you know, like, these guys were heroes. They were icons. If, if you went to a mall and saw Yngwie or Richie Blackmore, I mean, you'd go, holy fuck, there's, there's fucking Richie Black. You know, you would know who that is. I feel like you could go to the food court of any mall today and you wouldn't know if fucking XYZ band was and because they're all kind of anonymous, you know?
1: And some of that's. Started- you, you would, if it was like a YouTuber, I, I noticed with that with like the, or, or a TikToker. I, 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 we have a famous TikToker by me in town and that's like, they're like a rock star.
0: Cool. Um, and and but- again, that, that's what I'm talking about. A connection into a, a world, right. You community. know, um, yeah. And, and being, you know, that you're, it's not just your song. It's not just your music. It's it's who you are, what you say, you know, whether it's Axl Rose or Fred Durst or, you know, Gene Simmons or, you know, the the YouTuber guy, you know. And so, like, like you say, it may not even be a musician. <laughs> it may be, you know, like, you know. Elon Musk and Zuckerberg—they're like, you know, they're like the freaking kiss of our generation. These guys, you know, and uh, so people—you know—people are into different things now than music. You know, when you and I were growing up, being a rock star was like that's like the ultimate. Now it's like, eh, whatever. You know, put a put a song on any song, and you know.
1: Go but on, with but now that yeah. you've experienced fame and infamy, which is like, it's if that's combined, right? Like now you can see, like there are people that they're. It, you know, they're, they're using it at least to get their name in the algorithm, which I actually think has helped you uh, with this project yeah. because For sure. you, because not only will, um you know, people be engaged, but you kind of proved like any, any press is good press, especially with this. Cause the the music is good. I think right. not, not that, not that what you did with Frank Bellow or what you did with lucid wasn't good. Cause I, 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 I'll admit, I didn't give it as much of a chance But if if anybody did miss like those records or missed or didn't even know that those records exist, what would you, what would be the track off each of those that you would, um, that you would recommend? Because you can already see if like there's people, you know, you can go and see yeah. which songs are starred and which songs are... Bro, bro.
0: And, you know, we look at our Spotify numbers and it's global. Obviously, U.S. is big just because of population, but then it's Germany, Sweden, Brazil. I mean, it this lives largely outside of north america whereas you know when you're doing an american bands uh you know you're 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 sort of gunning to get songs on american radio and you know you're doing that thing right that, that we know that it is and, and um uh you and know and i'll say you know look we uh you know we ended up you know we went from on these you know college radio charts you know which which matter you know i mean it, it's it's a it's a thing right so it's from we went from 17 to two to number one to number one, you know, and, and like really ratchet it up. And it's like, that's just a great indicator, um, that people are liking it, you know, and I've put out, you know, it's funny, Jamie, I, I, I kind of did it. This is my 22nd record deal I've had in my career. Wow. Yeah. And it's, uh, and, and some were, you know, the deals I had for my own label and distribution deals and stuff, but I put out my own records through <laughs> that. So it's like, they all qualify, you know? And, um, you know, it's, um, I'm glad to say that I've outlived all of my deals, which is good. You know, I didn't get dropped. I didn't get to right. sort of the albums weren't shelved, you know, back in the day with the big labels and stuff. So um, but um, you know, in altitude's an altitudes and attitude, I'd probably say booze and cigarettes. And that because that was our first song that we pushed out uh, when we first did those tracks, and that. do that might have been 2017 or something when we did that. Um, you know, the lucid, um you know I think uh um god I'm just trying to think of there's there's a there's a bunch of songs in that record that I think are great um hair was was probably one you know the video's great for it um uh so there you know those are a couple you know if people go back and,
1: and do you think like if the algorithm or the playlisting or if anything was 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 different that maybe those records would have got more attention because I remember the I remember the I think it was the song was called Late was that the one It was yeah 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 yeah
0: it was
1: it it was trending in that direction like I remember it having a couple hundred thousand views or whatever but I feel like with Dieth there just was more interest out of the gate I think it was the I want to say it was in the Hall of the um.
0: All the Hanging Serpents. Yeah. Hanging hanging yeah. Serpents,
1: which came out of the gate, like over a hundred thousand views out of the gate, yeah. which now is, you know, just for YouTube, you know, that's a lot because we don't have the algorithm working in our favor. It's, it's not for whatever reason. And I don't know, it could change. Like you, you could hire a marketing company or you could get with YouTube and you could start getting that into that Megadeth algorithm. And next thing you know, it's the suggested video after Holy Wars. And all of a sudden, Sure. You're at a million or two million views, but isn't that weird how, and, and I'm dealing with it now because I'm my single with, with Zetro, you know, we're, we we struggled to get to like 50,000 yeah. just on the, on the lyric video. But then I started doing the right hashtags, sharing it on the right Reddit forums, making sure the fans are sharing it in the Facebook
0: forums Yeah. 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 All the stuff. Right. But, All the know, know, but, but wait a second. So let's talk about that because you know, I remember Trapped, right? It was a big band back in whatever, the 2000s, right? And this is when I was working for PV, So obviously I was, you know, looking for, you know, tastemakers to pair up with the gear and, you know, doing artist relations and stuff, right? So trapped is you know on KUPD, which is my station in Phoenix, the active rock station. And yeah, yeah. one of the trend one of the ones that matters, like JJO out of Madison, and you know, we A know station
1: with balls. You could say it. A station yeah. with balls yeah. that aren't they're not pussies. They're not beholden yeah. to this crap that's payola. <clears throat> no, we don't yeah. have to go there. Yeah.
0: Whatever. Fine. Who cares? Yeah, it's uh, it's an expensive endeavor. Let's put it that way. That's why these <laughs> guys are on major labels, you know. But like this band was very popular the song was all over whatever the mtv was of the day you know this is 20 years ago right so um and radio 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 right and this was when radio was really still you know still a thing for these new bands on major labels that you had to have this radio traction you know and disturbed and god smack and these guys were you know already doing that nickelback and so um I go down to see him at uh, the Marquee Theater in Phoenix, and dude, I, I think there was like a hundred people in the room, you know what I mean? Like, they had trucks and all the gear, I mean, they were teed up, right, as a major label man. So, just because it was on the radio, it didn't mean it put bodies in the building, you know, um, as, except... Then you see Zach Wild, who's in Ozzy's band. Not the guy. He's not Ozzy. He's Ozzy's guy, you know, side man guy. But, you know, doing his thing, connecting with fans, like really connecting. He comes out with Black Label Society and rooms are packed, right? So just like you and Zet, you know, that's a thing because we know you. We like you. We trust you. When you do something, we know it's going to be fucking bitching and we'll go see it, right? Even if you have 50,000 versus whoever, you know, has a gazillion, you know, I remember when we launched F5, we were still on MySpace (laughs) right back in those days. No, I remember when you sent
1: me the advance. I liked the cover and I thought the cover was a really good idea, right? You did the Edie Brickell cover. I remember. Yeah. And I, and I remember thinking like, oh yeah, this is a good, and that might've even been pre, was that pre when pre-faith blowing up for Limp Bizkit?
0: I think, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, it's funny, Steve Smith, who is what he's, he's since passed God rest his soul. He was, I saw him one day, he looked like Sammy Hagar like, Who's this guy, you know, and, then, and we we got to know each other And, and I mean, he was a bigwig At uh, Senior Vice President at Clear Channel Radio And um, so he was a bigwig Like, he got hired to pick songs When he picked the song, it went to the top of the charts You know, he worked with Tommy Mottola At Sony, I mean, the biggest of the big He was in the mix, you know Of, of stuff, and so he lived on the street from me So he brought us into his home studio Which was, you know, a full-blown Fucking million-dollar SSL room And So we cut that record there you know and it sounded great and he was meticulous about everything in fact i think that might have been his idea too or he sugge- i think he might have suggested that song and um, i remember steve conley who was you know the metal guy in the band and i thought this sucks and i was like hey steve just give it a chance you know i I've, I've been around this radio rock track before you know in the 90s with megadeth cuz we had to reinvent it radio cuz mtv was going away and you know you have to find where you're swinging to your next vine in the jungle you know how do you get through this you know so um and it and it it did it worked it was cool and um you know it's just one of those things that you know it's funny that band originally was kind of more of a darker heavier sounding band and then steve came to rehearsal and he said a couple things he goes you guys realize all of your songs are in the same key we're like no, I guess none He mentioned that they are, you know, E or F sharp, you know, and it was right. dark, right? And he said, so he brought us to the studio and that's when he got us, you know, he found the musicality, he found the song, he realized our singer Dale could sing, you know, we had good guitar chops in the band and stuff, so, you know, that was a fun process and I'd been through that a lot, you know, I guess say in the 90s with producers and managers and shit and you know, make it that stuff. So I was used to it, you know. I was used to being ripped apart, laying bloody on a studio floor and then being pieced back together to make a, a better beast, you know. Um, and um, so you know it's interesting, you know, you take all these experiences at five, you know, altudes and attitudes, or whatever. And even I think coming into dieth, um, you know, Galerman and Mihal had done the death metal thing. To death. No pun intended. Right. I mean, they've done it. Vans, the new border, there's all the stuff around the, 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 the continent here, especially. And they've been to USA and on tours. So they know, you know, that 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 stuff that that's never going to be up in the arena. So you're, you're never going to taste that. You know, you're never going to get to kiss that ring, so to speak, you know, unless you're um, on a Marth. Yeah. I mean, look, now it's changed a bit. I mean, again, these, it's funny, you know, Ghost, Amana Marth, and it kind of started maybe with Alexi Leho, right? I mean, you know, these bands out of Sweden, you know, out of, out of the north of of Europe, I mean, they've made their, they've made their mark, you know, and they've now, now, yeah, they're, Amana's legitimate arena headliner, you know? Creator and
1: Creator, Creator Demu too, we did, we opened for them in some small arenas in Europe, but yeah, it's, it's like, you gotta have the moment, you gotta have the right thing, but I could see, I could absolutely see Dieth going out, supporting Amano Marth and winning that crowd, right. um, and getting to play some big rooms, not that I couldn't with Lucid or any of your other projects, but yeah, it's like timing is a thing and yeah. also, Like you were talking about earlier, the community aspect of it, you know, your fans that want to see you win that, you know, that that feel like, you know, you got done dirty or you got, uh, you know, an unfair shake. You know, they at least with these songs, it seems to be connecting like they go, oh, this is a banger or this is like, wow. And, And I noticed that I think. I don't know. It was probably like the fourth, the fourth one that popped up in my feed. It wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, don't get mad. It was. Uh, it was. I, I, it was probably. Uh, the 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 one. What was the most recent one? Walk with me forever. Walk with me forever.
0: Yeah, the ballad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and so yeah, me singing it. That was a. That was a hook. You know. That was a thing. Um. You know. Nobody's heard my lead vocal voice. Um. You know. Um. I mean, I sing on demos and write shit all the time so i'm always singing on it but i i think i have the astute awareness to know like when i did the ellison soto record right it's like i'm not the voice to sing this i'm just outlining some some melody ideas you're like we need to call a real singer (laughs) it's called jeff got Soto. this guy knows what he's doing you know (laughs) and he's perfect in that world to sing that kind of music you know so second you're doing metal allegiance you know let's get the right guy for we would write the track and we'd go who would be the best singer on this it's not like we said, oh, well, let's go get Randy Blythe and let's write a song for him. No, we wrote the tunes, and then you add the voice, you know, accordingly um, to how it would, you know, best serve the serve the song, you know. So, um, but you're right. But um, you know, it, it, it was kind of the right thing at the right time. And for my voice, it was in the right key because <laughs> it's in the key of C, right? And so that, you know, middle C on the piano has always been comfortable for me. Um, you know, I mean, look, you know, pre-puberty, I was an alto, you know, then I hit puberty, I become a tenor, you know, and now in my, my later years, I'm a baritone We can kind of hit some of the high, some of the low tenor notes, you know, but uh, um, you know, C is just a comfortable uh, range for me to, to, you know, to to be able to sing and not be way out of my range and trying to do some vocal acrobatics that, you know, isn't me, (laughs) you know, so I, and, and these are stories, you know. It's, it's that, especially that one. That's like you know a nice story that's being told, oh, and it's grief
1: hard. and a yeah.
0: loss. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you know, and you, you can kind of you can kind of hold hold the notes, you know, but really kind of breathe into it, let it let it kind of you know really you know kind of come out and sit there for the listener to absorb it, you know, rather than just hammering on it, you know. Because especially you know this being my first first one, it was really, it was, it was good. And I sang in Heavy as the Crown as well on the record. And I did a ton of backup stuff. I mean, me and Guilherme now are really like, we're digging it. Like we're excited. We, and you know, on stage, we, we, we're ping pong and stuff now we're, you know, answer call of, of stuff. So, you know, he, you know, he's got a great mind for this stuff, man. He's that's why I, I, I default to him on a lot of this stuff. I trust his instincts on, Uh, even shows we're playing and who we're playing with and what we're doing. It's, you know, I, I, I trust where his, I trust his instincts on this one.
1: That's great. No, I, I I was at first when I saw the name and the logo, I, I had two feelings. I was like, well, there's already death and there's Doth, right? That was D-A-A-T-H. So I'm like, now we got Dieth. I didn't know how to pronounce it, but then I started thinking, This is smart because you could trademark. I love a made up word. Like I thought maybe Max put you onto that because Max Max was the king of the made up word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he had downstroy and he had uh, a totally uh, yeah like right and and I like Carrie had um I always I always cite Carrie King too. He had a repentless. Yeah, I, I, I love a made up word. You could get the trademark. You can get the social media. You're not you don't have to have some lawsuit with some joker bar band who's never going to go anywhere with the name who's yeah. su- like this has happened to many bands. We know. Oh, yeah. So,
0: and, and, look, and that's why we hashtagged it right away on Facebook a year ago in, in April, because we knew that it hadn't been used. And, and first use wins, even in trademark disputes. First use always wins. You know, someone could come in, dick swinging, with some fucking big lawyer, da 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 It's like, hey, the judge will go to first use, man, and that, and that is that is the rule. You know, so it's always about that that that's why I was like, let's just put it out there, and if 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 it goes, then we got it. You know, but um, but yeah, no, you're right. I love that too. I mean, growing up with, you know, I mean, Metallica um, is you know kind of a made up word. Um, you know, I drive. You know, I remember going through South America and driving through these. You know, hubcap, resell, you know, kind of junkyards, and then say Metallica, you know, you see it. So maybe it's not a made up word, but <laughs> Daryl Smith, I thought that was an awesome made, you know, kind of, you know, so like, you're right, these these, these names that are sort of like c- combined and made up, I, I, I was, you know, and you're right, Max is fucking, I love that, you know, so it's, it, it is that because you, you know, you're creating your own ecosphere right and that's let's face it that's what the you know that's how you you know people know you at the food court at the mall right is you know you've got your own fucking ecosphere of what you're doing and um and you're bringing people into your world and you know like you say for me now post megadeth it's 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 uh it's important to now create my own new culture you know and uh and move past all that
1: quick interruption letting you know today's episode is brought to you by factor meals i love factor meals i've tried all their all their different options my daughter really enjoyed it as well and i'm happy to have them as a sponsor because not only do they have one of the best meal kits out there on the market uh, but they have a ton of options it's simple it's quick it's easy and i like that they're really really quick to prepare you can bring them to work and throw them in the microwave at work uh you like i took them on the road with me i had them in a In the fridge, on the bus, especially if you have like a mini fridge, it's very nice to be able to fit that stuff in the mini fridge or even in a cooler. Like if you want to bring them to work, keep them in a cooler and then heat them up, especially if you're pulling a long day. Got a factormeals.com slash JOSTA50. Hooking you up. And then use the code JOSTA50 and you're going to get 15% off any of the awesome meal kits from Factor Meals, you'll see they are offering Joss Show listeners this exclusive discount. Try the chicken and broccoli. Try the asparagus. Try the keto stuff. I mean, you're, you're going to love it. It's so easy. It's prepped already for you. It's cooked to perfection. All you got to do is heat, eat, and enjoy. And you'll see there's a ton of selection, whether it's vegan and veggie or protein or keto or calorie smart. Like you can do these ones I did where... Every single one is under 50 or like 550 calories are under. So it's great if you're trying to stay under, say like 1500 to 200 to 2000 calories per day, that's a great option. Uh, Factormeals.com slash JOSTA50 and then use the code JOSTA50 for 50% off. While we have you, IndieMerchStore.com, your number one place to get metal and death metal and hardcore and metalcore music and merchandise pre-order all your favorite new records and there's so many new releases coming out so if you go over to indiemerchstore.com after the podcast today you'll see they have the uh cannibal corpse chaos horrific charred remains vinyl which is going to be sold out any minute now they got the lorna shore crimson death t-shirt which is going to sell out i think the box set already sold out i'm sorry i i know i i wish that uh I, I got the word out about that quicker because I know you guys wanted the box set, but you could still get like the Thy, is, Thy artist Murder uh, Godlike CD, and you can still, you might be able to still get one of the vinyl variants or one of the, at least one of the Carnifex vinyl variants. Go to indiemerchstore.com use the promo code JOSTA ten. Link is always in the show notes. Now back to the show. Well, and and a good song changes everything. Uh, even a just even a good riff changes everything. Like it, it, if you have a. Uh, a hook which is that's my thing is like i might like, get to the hook and I, who knows maybe that's because i'm getting older and i have less attention span or just have less free time like i i get and i get sent so many promos doing this podcast i like i just today i got just uh the new death clock i haven't haven't put it on yet um right. but they're you know it'll say like no reviews until whatever july 22nd and um and i'll and i'll review it for the patreon but Going into it, I want—I don't want a ten-minute intro. I don't want yeah. all this stuff. Like, I want to get hit with the hook. I want a riff that's inventive, that's fun, that's cool. Even if it's derivative, as long as it's an earworm, um, yeah. and, it, and, and it doesn't matter the genre because there's bands that are like black metal that have hooks. And, we well, and are- both sat
0: in front of the industry professionals, a and guys or whatever guys who this is their job is to sign bands, right? And you know, as soon as you hit play. You can read the body language in the room, whether it's in the front lounge of a tour bus or you're sitting in this guy's fancy West LA, Beverly Hills office, whatever you can tell right away. Is this connecting, you know, because these people like you now hear a ton of music with people wanting your attention and wanting a, a minute of your show or whatever, you know? And, and I remember sitting with uh, Bob Jameson, who was the president of the RCA and I'm sitting there in times square. I brought a, a man in from Phoenix and um, he just got off the phone with, like, Puff Daddy or something, you know. So, you know, he's, like, you know, he's doing some show with JLo in Dubai. And I'm, like, going, Jesus, man. I'm, I'm like, in that, that moment, you know, just – and, again, I've been in these major labels, being on major labels. And I just realized, I go, I knew in that moment this band was not going to get his attention. I just knew it. I could feel – you know, it's like that movie, The Firm, right? The whole thing is set up to intimidate and put you in your place. And Bob wasn't like that. Bob was a wonderful man; he was a sweet guy. But you know, he get and he gave me some of his attention. You know, he gave me a minute because I was kind of this was post Megadeth, back in the two thousands. You know, and I was I was you know doing some producing and kind of you know checking the tire kicking that little venture. And I realized that's not for me. I, I get bored in the studio. I get cabin fever, and I, I need to be out on the road. Rocking and shit, you know. But there I was sitting there in Times Square. And I played at the track and, and he, you know, and he gave me some good, good, good pointers. And I also played it with Paul Conroy, you know, who was at Roadrunner at the time, took it down the street to him, I think later that day. And it could just tell from the body language. And these were good songs, good hooks, decent singer. And I just I just knew, yeah, this isn't gonna connect. I gotta I gotta either take another approach or let this one go, you know. And, and you're five. right. What? What's that?
1: This was F five.
0: No, it wasn't F Five. It was a band called Lifted out of uh, Phoenix, who had Steve Conley, who was in F Five. Um, that was how I met him. I went to go see him play at Joe's Grotto, and it was a good band. I mean, live, it was a good band, it had a great vibe. They had a good fan base. Singer was good. Um, you know, it had it had what appeared to be the elements. They had a good demo, but once I really took it into the big leagues, I just knew, yeah, this isn't this isn't going to fly, you
1: know. But and, but when you when you say the big leagues, you like you 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 say that very humbly because you you've done so much more than any of these suits have done but yet you have to go to them for permission that always that always blew my mind like I was never there was very few suits that I've met that I was ever like really impressed with like where I thought cuz cuz you could throw we could all throw a hundred. If we had the budget, we could all throw a hundred things against the wall and totally. one or two yeah. will be a slipknot yeah. or a nickelback yeah. or a kill switch or a, and I'm not, and, and um, I'm just using roadrunner as an example because they have some great, right. they've had and, and have some great A&R people, but I'm talking about like the higher ups of the higher ups. Um, also, I feel like, you know, and not look, I don't want to speak ill of anyone that's not here to defend themselves. so I won't name names, but also I feel like, when you bring up something say like Clear Channel, for instance, there was yeah. a lot of bad decisions that made that negatively affected music in that, in that company, especially post nine eleven. where I go, yeah, it's not that I wish them any ill will. It's just, I'm not, I, I've never really been impressed, but if you were to, if you were to have a bigger budget or if you were to have the way to circumvent these people, which we now have yeah. uh, through, through, certain marketing techniques and through, I mean, I don't want to say it's leveled the playing field because it really hasn't because now those people have gotten their hooks in because they want to make sure their yeah. acts <laughs> are right. getting to the forefront. Um okay. But it will be interesting to see how you bring your expertise to this. um And I'm supporting it. You know, we, I've, I've been telling people to go check out the diet record because again, it's, if it wasn't good, I wouldn't support it. it, it to
0: no, me, and, I, and I appreciate that. Thank you. And you're look, you're you're one of the, you know, you, you know, you're you're a gatekeeper to some degree. Because let's face it, that's kind of what these guys are. When you're sitting in the A and R office, or you're bringing it to a manager, And some level, look, you know, we rely on putting a team together, right? And obviously, the bigger it gets, you, know, you become a monomarth. You you need the team, right? Of, on every level of everything to be as the best of the best is at the top of the. the thing um you know like say the internet leveled the playing field that now anybody can be a bedroom shredder and do something but you know let's face it some sort of a protocol of the industry it vets out the good from the bad the the wheat from the chaff you know and you know i read something you know one of my first records that really got me into rock and roll was the Bachman turner over not fragile record and i was just a kid i'd hear it on the school bus radio you know and i went out and had a farmhand on my farm growing up that had it and i riding the tractor with him to listen to it on eight track and it was heavy and it was cool and you know and um, and and then I've now read uh, about that record in particular because um, you know I'm good friends with Tal Bachman I got to know Randy and I played with Randy when we when he when I was a PD. he came in uh we I mean I called Jimmy Grass I go dude you gotta get down here to the fucking hill tonight we're gonna play American woman and taking care of business with Randy Bachman. I'm like, fuck. I mean, that's like a, just a call home to moment. You call home to mom, moment, you know, and uh, you know, my hero and, and, um, and just to get to know him now as a, as a contemporary and as a buddy, you know, and, um, oh, and
1: this is the pizza delivery. Are you going to the pizza delivery guy?
0: <laughs> what do you mean?
1: I was just talking about this with our drummer, Matt, shout out to Matt Byrne he was telling me about cuz i was i was playing the uh the track um i love you know dire straits they couldn't put that they couldn't put that on the on the radio now or or on they probably they probably don't even, i think they edit the lyrics off of google but um on that song uh, the you know i want my mtv you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um the, the the lyrics are written about the guy the movers you yeah, know, yeah. who were who were talking shit like, man, we're in the wrong game. Like, look at this guy on MTV. He's got a jet yeah, plane. Yeah. You know, we're you know, I'm over here delivering microwave ovens. We got to move these you know, refrigerators. And he and he was hearing them talking shit, moving his stuff out of his house. And he wrote down the lyrics. And so Matt was like, yeah, I love that story. Have you heard of Bachman Turner Overdrive? They were they had writer's block and the pizza guy shows up and he's like, I actually play piano. I'm paraphrasing.
0: I what? did not know the story. Tell me. I I
1: interrupted. I feel bad. I interrupted you because I thought you were going to, I thought that's where you were going with the Bachman Turner overdrive. But what were you going to say? And then no,
0: was, no, I, no, I, no, no, no. T- you got to finish the pizza story. Now. Come on. Okay. <laughs> so, what
1: is so, I, so, cause I've always been obsessed with this dire Straits song and I know it says a bad word. Sorry, everybody. People said that word back then, you know, um, it was What's a that, different 15? time, right now. I'm one of those guys. It was a different time. Um, <laughs> But this Dire Straits song, I like I love that with those old songs, these crazy because I do the same thing. I'll take a line and I'll make it musical right. and I'll bounce the riff in and out of it or whatever. But so, Matt, our drummer goes, oh, my God, I know. How great is that? These guys are in his house. He's moving. You know, they're the only thing left is the TV. And on TV, these, you know, the movers are seeing whoever it was. I don't know if it was no. Motley Crue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or I don't even know if they saw like maybe he still had pictures on the wall and they're like, man, this guy's got this huge mansion. We're moving him out of the- And it's dire straits. They were huge in the 70s. I mean, how yeah. hard is it when your backup singer is Sting on the track? You get st- you don't even let him do the lead.
0: He's I know. Sting is- you know, and here's a funny thing. I remember exactly where I was when I heard that we were on the killing is my business tour in a van driving through out of San Francisco, driving down by like palo alto down in that area and that was the first time i heard that song i went this is fucking great this is amazing yeah and then sting coming in is this sort of cameo i was like this is awesome and of course dire straits are just over the moon you know steve woodwood you know janet jackson you know that whole that whole scene just blew up you know Mark
1: Knopfler, like, is really underrated. Like he, like Mark Knopfler, you don't you don't hear as much about him. I think as you should. Just that intro alone. I know whatever some rock fans at the time were over. You know, were, were they, It was a hard transition. Even with like Judas Priest Turbo or or some yeah, of the yeah. Def Leppard. Like anybody using that much synth or that much programmed drums. I think it was yeah. somewhat of a hard transition. But now, a hit is a hit. So that that is that one. If if that's not one of the most epic intros and buildups totally. into one of yeah. the best riffs
0: ever. Yeah. Ever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what is, but so then Matt our drummer says, dude, you think that story is great. How great is Bachman Turner overdrive writing, taking care of business and that, you know, they're, they're, they're hitting the bridge or the, I guess, what would you call it? That middle section where right. the piano, they were, they were just, You know, they were hitting a wall and the guy who delivers the pizza goes, well, I actually play piano. They're like, oh, yeah, dude, you do. Okay, give it a shot. And that's why it's like you were talking about how the Brazilians have a different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a different sort of cadence and phrasing, which is a very astute um, observation, which I totally agree with. They're not they're not limited to a certain sort of. um uh, timing and enunciation, like we might yeah. be, like we. It's we, the way that
0: their words come out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep, the phrase. right? Yeah. It,
1: the rhythm is differently. It's it's very unique and cool, and 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 creates the hook, you know, in a way. Yeah, um sure. Well, yeah. so so that piano part, and I and I could be whatever Brian Williamsing the shit out of this story, and hopefully I'm not. But it's, it's
0: okay. I'm, you got me on the edge of my chair. <laughs> I've not heard this story, dude. I'm a huge BTO fan. I've not. I I have never heard this carry on.
1: I should, I should have Brian and we could edit this out. I look, if I'm fucking this up, we can edit it out. I should have Brian look it up. But supposedly the piano player pizza delivery guy puts down that middle section. and, And because he's not a trained musician, that's why it's so unique and catchy and different and the timing or whatever, I guess we could play it and, and edit it out. If, um, if yeah. Brian's not producing like seventeen other shows right now at the I'm same here, dude, time, but, well, uh,
2: what exactly song are we looking for? Taking
1: care of business <laughs> by Bachmann- the middle section yeah. by Bachman Turner-, okay. Turner Overdrive. Yeah, and 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 l- I can look up the story behind it and just see if I'm fucking out of because because Matt had told me the story and I was like, "Are you got to be kidding me?" Because yeah. we everybody's had this situation where they meet somebody through a pizza delivery, like that's how we met. Um, Black Dahlia murder. Like that's that's yeah, yeah, like they we they and I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I still have the C D because they were they
0: there's there's shit happens over pizza, man. I mean that's basically
1: or or sandwiches, like that's how Dino met um Mustaine. That's how Dino
0: our sandwiches. We'd go into the Togo's right across the street from the palladium. We'd go into the Togo's and there was a main guy there, and um and uh dino was like his work under him was like the, yes you know the sandwich guy right i know dino hates this story and <laughs> i'm
1: he's told him. it on the podcast
0: yeah, see, yeah and he was making our sandwiches and and um that's why then all of a sudden fear factory comes over like is that the fucking kid from togo's making is that <laughs> him on the guitar? And so uh no it's it's great man it's it's uh we'd go in there and we you know we'd trade Tradables, let's put it that way. You know, back You're, in
1: the yes, day. yeah, you know, uh, we yeah. trade tradables <laughs> for
0: sandwiches. You know, shit that that doesn't that shit that doesn't make you hungry for a sandwich. You know, that kind of stuff.
1: You, know. you, you I, I'm, I'm subscribed to. Um, here's one. Here's one from uh, Uncle Joe's Garage. I could just send Brian the clip. I think this is Perfect. Randy Bachman is it? about it. Uh, in his own words, it's only a three-minute clip if you want to just scroll. Yeah,
0: so, you know, they got that great thing behind the vinyl now up in Canada. It's like mostly can- – is that what this is from? It's great. He tells some great stories. He tells talks, tells a story about how he wrote American Woman. He broke a string at a Guess Who show live in front of the audience, and he didn't have a text. We so had to change the string on stage. And when he tuned up, he, he that was the riff. da 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 Really? Yeah, that's how he wrote it. And yeah. everybody started freaking out thinking it was a song. So the next day they they played it. And I get, I guess, you know, uh, Burton Cummings, the singer, started kind of scatting some words and some melodies over it. And they went, you we got a fucking, this is pretty cool. People dug it. So they played it. The next night the song wrote itself on stage from what the story goes
1: happy accident riffs are the best. Yep. I've had many that turned into full songs, like the happy accident. I, we, that was one cool thing about early pro tools was if you had to pooch, Well, <laughs> we would call shout out to Lorenzo from sworn enemy. He would call it pooch and poch. Like if he, he would be like that take was good. Just pooch and poch it over to the other one. <laughs> That's
0: what it is. is. <laughs> you know, I tell people that all the time. I, I look, I, I, you know, analog, I, I was just interviewed the other day. I said, like, you got to realize, man, you know, killing is my business. We had eight grand through the mega. We used four to live on and just fuck off with. Four you got used to make the fucking record. Fucking Ampex reel of tape would cost 400 bucks. So you buy, you know, two reels, you're like, budget's already like a quarter gone, you know, plus, yeah. you know, you gotta have the, the quarter inch to mix to. So it's like, this stuff is expensive, and you know, look, it, it, it sort of rots over time. It's you know, and, and I think Pro Tools now sounds every bit as good as anything analog, better in my opinion. And just from the composing point of view, I love like, You should always play everything, in my opinion, you know, as best you can. Humans playing the parts, but it's like you can, you can, co- you can for writing, especially moving pooch and pots, right? Moving this stuff around, dude. I, yep. I totally agree, man.
1: And if and if we've been emailing riffs back and forth. I love taking a section like, yeah. you know, I'll take, Hey, you know what? The end tail of this riff could be its own riff. Let's loop that. The, yeah. the happy, the happy accident is great. So that was, so American woman was actually a happy accident.
0: That was a happy accident. Yeah. And it's funny. There's another great on that behind the vinyl. Randy was telling a story about um, uh, you ain't seen nothing yet. And you know, they had this, the record was there. The A&R guy comes down. This is back when A&R, I guess, you know, well, I guess it always matters, you know, but this guy had real ears, you know. He came in, he goes, "Man, you need one more song." And he goes, we're like, "What do you got?" He goes, yeah, "It's there. The album's great. We just need one more. We need that big big hit." And they had, uh, I guess they they did a run through of uh of you ain't seen nothing yet. And Randy's stuttering and I, from what I hear, he was stuttering kind of making fun of one of his brothers who who kind of had a stuttering problem. He was just kind of, I don't know if he was being mean or serious about it or just just fuck it off you know any 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 kind of ain't seen nothing yet right and 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 the guy goes that's the song he goes oh come on he goes i just got on the mic and you know basically farted that lyric out it's like you know he goes i'm telling you that's the one that's the song that's the song and of course they put it on the record and it was like number one in a gazillion countries and changed their lives you know so
1: Dude, you know, I, it's so funny you brought that up because I was gonna do a whole patreon episode about just songs with stuttering because yeah. the 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 uh just uh Su- 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 Studio, when I was a kid there's something about stuttering that's so catchy right, right? That, that that was Phil Collins but then yeah. I started thinking about how many hits that utilize the uh the stutter I mean yeah. it's and, and you know who who really brought it back was Lady Gaga, right? With the poker face. Yeah. That was that's like that was huge. Totally. Um, but Stacy's mom, yeah. Um, yeah. And rest in rest in peace. Um, shoot, I'm gonna forget his name now. God, my brain is shot. That's um, okay.
0: It's all right. It happens yeah. to us. <laughs> but it's
1: you know it's but that's like it's a joke on unto it's like a mean joke unto itself. Like the guy who sang Stacy's mom. No, he's a real guy. He's a poor guy. He passed on. Like, if I'm going to talk about it, I should at least Google his goddamn name. Let me. Yeah, Schlesinger. Chris
0: Chris Chris <laughs> <Ball> <laughs> was, yeah, yeah. Um, but, <clears> but throat> then throat>
1: so the thing bad. I was going to tell about
0: about the BTO record that I, we completely went down an awesome fucking rabbit hole with the pizza man and shit. But it, it was it was. I was reading that, you know, back in those days, you had Chrysalis, you know, RCA, Mercury, you know, the the majors of that day. Right. And every label had like one rock act, you know, that's, you know, and on Mercury, it was BTO at that time. Right. And, you know, Chrysalis had whoever and, you know, the babies were on another one and whoever it was. Right. So these labels, you know, these days you know 10 12 metal records a month come out right and back in those days there would be kind of one from every label uh, you know a month or or maybe scat maybe there was only 10 or 12 rock records that came out in a year you know peter frampton in january bto in february you know foreigner in march you know what i mean it's like that's that's how and so these records really were held to a high standard of of, it was made, made me think about when you said, you know, get to the hook, the old don't, you know, don't bore us, get to the chorus, right? Where's the hook? You're like, we don't have time to sit around. And you, you know sitting in a room when when, some, when you're playing something, you're anticipating, uh, you know, I remember with Paul Conroy, he was like, okay, da, 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 all right, get to the chorus. Okay, cool. All right, hook's here. Great. This is, okay, cool. And then whatever happens after that didn't even matter. They just turned the tape off, okay? You know, and they, they go, give, play the next one. Same thing intro verse get to the hook okay cool it's you know and and by then either you've got them or they're like it's not ready or we're not hearing it not for us i mean it's literally that quick that that uh you know that's that that people know and it doesn't have to be a pop song i mean again like i think with metal it's the same thing right and i'd like to think with dieth, as heavy as this music is the songs are constructed well so it's like get to the fucking hook man you know what i mean once we hit the verse and get to the the chorus that there's you, you, you within that, within the first, you know what, it, in the old days, it was by a minute, you better be pretty much into or done with your first chorus, because like that's. You, know, you got three minutes here to to impress us, and,
1: and, and you're just talking about evoking a feeling. Like you're talking about evoking a evoking a positive energy. It doesn't yeah. count for holy wars. It doesn't count for Call of Cthulhu. It doesn't count for mm-hmm. you know the uh, aesthetics of hate or any of these like epic whatever. Sex
0: one what off hemispheres. Yeah,
1: right. Yeah, Rime, rhyme of the ancient yeah. mariner. We're not talking totally. about that.
0: We're talking well, different about roles, like
1: yeah. the stuff that's got to be, you know, pushed yeah. nowadays as, as a single or, or, or just to break through. But I mean, hey, listen, if you came to me and you were like, listen, Dieth has a fucking stutter death. The first death metal stutter song, like the death metal version of bad, bad, band meeting call right
0: after this podcast. I'll throw it in the I'll put it on the table. <laughs> well you know it's funny i remember we so we're at capital right so it's 87 88. we're putting out so far it's good so what's, uh seven son of a seven son is coming out and you should see the the capital records radio people are like high five in the moon because they're like oh my god we got an iron maiden record that has a hit on it with can i play with madness i mean in their mind that was a big radio hit in my mind i'm like yeah you know it's <laughs> Okay. I mean, again, I'm all about seven son of a seven son and like seven minutes long, you know, if that's my song. And that's one of my favorite maiden records. But I just remember, you know, these, these guys in the course of Capitol, you know, there were guys that worked Beatles records. I mean, you know, in the, in the eighties, early nineties, these guys had been at Capitol a long, long time, you know, so they had heard and seen everything. (laughs) And so, you know, they're taking little old Megadeth around to the radio station. I remember like BCN up in Boston, you know, all those kind of places, you know, and You play the chance or whatever it is, the the channel or whatever those names were by you, and um, you know. So it's it's funny, you know. What's uh, you know? Again, I guess you know, radio had a it had a place, but you know, whatever the format is, I mean, it's just it's about like you said, it's it's about getting the connection. You know, it's like how long does it take for people to connect? Because let's face it, in the fucking TikTok world we live in, I mean, kids have five seconds of you know. And then we wonder why mental health is on a rise. We can't focus on anything, you know. So I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm not of that generation. Obviously, you know. So I, I like that, you know. You know, it's like it's what, more, what song oh, was cool. the maiden
1: single that they were going to go with? What was the one on? Can
0: they play with madness? Wow! wow. And
1: I, so yeah. I remember when Wicker Man was getting like regular rotation on CCC, and I was thinking, wow, they did it again. They have a radio hit, right? Because that's your time will come, and that would be like I could see some you know, staunch Maiden fans, maybe kind of thumbing their nose up at that, but it's a hit is a hit.
0: It is a hit, you know, and like, that, and I think that's the thing is again, the Steve Smiths and whoever these people are, the radio people, they, they know it, they can hear it and they just, there's so look, we all have a place in this thing, right? I mean, you sing, I play bass, sing a little bit now, I guess, you know, and uh, we, we all have our place, but you know, the good managers, they, they, they've got great instincts. They know how to get stuff from here to here, you know? um the, the the label people it's you know it just had you know they're, they're, they're they've got their gatekeepers you know what i mean but it's like when when they hear a song and they really know that this is this can do something and and you know to have a you know michael lago who we all know of course right he you know he was courting me out to a dave. lago yeah he was courting me and dave to sign to you know electra and it's you know it didn't go that way we, we ended up at capitol but you know I, I watch his movie now that who the fuck is this guy you know and you realize you know as he was and we're we, we talked often and you know i was working with cindy lopper and this stuff and i love in the movie where the uh sean Gasalt is talking about when michael signed him to geffen and how they're just kind of this scrungy little band but he really saw something you know he saw four or five years three four albums past that you know and you know, of course, that's one of the things that that's that we don't get the luxury of time of a timeline now, you know, to develop things. It's sort of like throw it against the wall. If it sticks, we'll give you another one. If it doesn't. Next. Who's the next record? You know, and um, and, and that, that makes a
1: no blueprint until there's a blueprint. It's like, right. And then that blueprint might not work for the next
0: <laughs> right group right yeah and i mean even with Dieth, i mean we're already you know we're probably at least a half album into our next record of writing you know we're excited we're, we're you know we committed this summer to come over here uh, because the record came out in june we you know we kind of got a little foothold in some of the festivals um but we, we kind of knew just the timeline of us so we, we got some stuff and you know dates of sepultura and some headlining stuff and with testaments and um some some headlining shows and stuff so we you know we've kind of earmarked this window here to do this and You know, then we're back in the studio. We're going to be writing and recording because it's you know we're on a roll. And I you know I think about it like you know the Beatles put out a record every six months, Kiss would put out a record every nine months. So it's it's kind of like this whole thing of like an album has to last eighteen to twenty four months. It's I kind of feel like in your first season, man, get down on it. You know, and if it's working, you know, I mean, you know, if 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 you got a sound and it's working, like give them another one. Like just keep keep it going, man. Keep the Keep the content coming, man. If you're able to write it and get it together, so we'll, we'll we'll see how it goes. You know, you know how it is too. A band changes when you're on the road. You develop um, things. You, you work things out. You find some new dynamics on the road. It's good to take that stuff into the studio for the next record as well. So, and I feel like we're we've got a good pipeline of of uh, you know of a way forward with material here too.
1: Hey everybody, quick interruption letting you know today's episode is brought to you by Martyrstore.net and I am heading out on the road with Hape Reed this week. Come see us at the Born Dead Fest starting September 2nd in Albany and then we will be out on the road with Terror, Jesus Peace and uh, the Mighty Vain FM as well. You can get your meet and greets at Martyrstore.net. Use the code SUMMER. While uh, while quantities are there, I think Tampa's VIPs are almost sold out. Orlando's are almost sold out. Baltimore's are gone. I think I think Jersey's only got two pairs left. You'll see we have all the uh, leftover Milwaukee Metal Fest merch up there as well. Martyrstore.net. Use a promo code summer. Now back to the show. Right on. Let's let's talk about Kings of Thrash real quick before we get out of here. And then I want to go to some of the patrons um, who got some questions and some good comments here in the chat. Um and everybody, go check out Dieth. We'll um we'll put the link in the show notes. And when are those Sepultura shows? Because I saw something announced.
0: Yeah, those are uh, August twenty second and twenty third in um, Bochum and Dresden, Germany.
1: Nice, nice. Yeah. So because when I had Marty on, I said, you know, hey, did you did you get a call from Dave about doing the Kings of Thrash? And and he said no. Um. I forget what the answer was. Maybe Brian remembers or maybe someone yeah. in the chat remembers. But did you uh, just Oh,
0: and cuz you know, look, when Marty quit, he he just walked away. He washed his hands of Megadeth. I mean, he left his money on the table. He he just didn't turn back. It was not like, "Hey, you fuckers better pay me." I mean, nothing. He just literally walked out the door that was it. It was gone and he just washed his hands of the whole thing. So, yeah, Marty and I are friends and we never talk about Megadeth ever, you know. In fact, it you know, it's funny. Tal Bachman back to this again it's funny this is like the BTO. oh
1: we got it yeah we got to get we got to get back to the clip we, we, we lost. Awesome.
0: so so Tal calls me and, and says hey are you still friends with Marty I said yeah he says me and my dad are heading over to uh, Japan and we wanted to connect with Marty so I said no problem so Marty you cool with this yeah no problem I mean again he's like me you know we're the small town kids who grew up with BTO and Kiss and Sabbath so he was like oh yeah for sure hook me up so he hits me, um, first Tal hits me back, know, a month or so later goes by, oh, my God, the event was great. And Marty goes, dude, the event was, you know, Randy Bachman had this Gretsch guitar. He was one of the biggest Gretsch guitar collectors back in the 70s, right? And he had this, I guess, famous guitar. It got stolen on the road, and they were giving it back to him in Japan at the Canadian embassy in Tokyo, and they wanted Marty to emcee the thing right? Because he could speak Japanese and English. So, I mean, he, Marty hit me, goes, dude, it was the coolest freaking thing. I was like, wow, like, you're the perfect ambassador to do this. So he loved, I mean, everybody was happy. It was all good, you know, so.
1: That's right.
0: I, I, yeah, so that, that was super cool. But yeah, so Marty and I, you know, I, I asked him one time about playing something and, and um, you know, he, he's kind of more my, just, he's my buddy, you know, it's, it's like we're we don't really talk music that much. We just we we kinda check in, hey what's happening? How's you know, how's how's Japan and and we don't really talk business. We kinda, you know, again it'll be a BTO story or hey dude, I went and saw Kiss and oh my god, Paul Stanley's awesome. You know, it'd be that. I mean it's it's okay. we're we're bros like that, you know. So we just kinda pick up where we left off. So I intentionally didn't hit him because <clears throat> I didn't think he'd be interested. <laughs> so I, uh, plus he lives in Japan. And, and one of the beauties of King, essentially it's based in LA. And those guys look, they're even rehearsing now for when we go to Australia next week. You know, I just walk in and plug and play. And it's interesting. You talk about Def Leopard. You know, not so funny. I was literally before the podcast, I was running through so far. It's good, so out here in my room, and I love that capital put the original mixes back up on iTunes. Cause I realized I clicked on it and Partway and part I'm going, It sounds a little different. And I thought, you know, maybe my ears are <laughs> plugged up or something. And I, I realized a few tracks in, I'm going, oh, my God, this is the original. You know where it hit me, too, was on Darkest Hour. This is the original, um, the original uh, stuff. Uh, there, there's, a, there's a part in Darkest Hour. Right? Do you...
1: And you owe Def Leopard a
0: sandwich. <laughs> There's these licks. That's it. He's got a Getty licks, right? And they're not on the remix. I noticed them. I'm going. What they really? I know I played them. I mean, maybe they were over. No, I'm. I mean. So I don't know how the the track on the remix is that is not that, and that's I know that's what I played, and so when I just heard it on the on the, uh, on, on the you know the, the original version, I'm like fuck, I knew I played that, and so now I'm defaulting back to that. But you know what I noticed on the song is a you know a Mutt Lang Def Leppard signature thing was there's no hi hat starting with Pyromania. There's no you can't hear the hi hat. And that was a big trick of his, is, and then on Hysteria for sure, they pulled the hi-hat out because all of a sudden when you are going in the house, it opens up everything. So now you can hear the vocals better. You can hear drums, you can hear melodies better. And that was a big muck thing. And so Paul Lanny, who produced So Far So Good, So What, was a huge Mutt fan, and he basically wanted to make a Def Leppard album on So Far So Good, So What, right? He recorded the drums with no cymbals. And then Chuck went back and recorded the cymbals. And that's why it has this kind of washy sound. It's it's wow. not very connected. Isn't that interesting? And oh, it's so part brilliant. of the reason that, that, and we were in the great big room at the Music Grinder where he where we had cut the, where had cut piece cells you know, and it sounded great because it was all, you know, just that weird jamming. I mean, basically P-Cells we laid down as the you know, whole thing because we put all the tracks together, you know, inside, back into recut bass, Dave and Chris, but uh, you know, we, we, we laid it down together as a band just to get that vibe, you know, but now here we are so far so good. So what it was, it was a lot more kind of isolated and it, and it, it didn't, it didn't blend together as well, you know, and that's why, you know, Michael Wagner, when I heard the remixes, I went, yeah, that's right. This is why we hired Michael Wagner to, to, to mix it because, you know, Michael had that big eighties kind of, you know, the docking, of course, he did accept, you know, he mixed Master Puppets, and you can tell there's that right here on top of him. <laughs> as he, because that had a, you know, very controlled sound. Was so, so good, so well, But, you know, the big kind of mix, that 80s kind of reverb sound, you know, sort of crept into that record. And, you know, we weren't always that happy with it, but then as I listened to the parts a little more raw, how Dave remixed it, I, I, I appreciate what Michael did. You know, he kind of, his mix kind of covered up a a multitude of little sins there of, of parts and just kind of the way things were made. He, he made it sound more cohesive, like a, like a cohesive record.
1: Right on, right on. Well, so, okay, we'll, we'll go to the chat in one second. I don't want to keep you too much longer, but I I do want to see if Brian figured out where in that little clip he
2: has worked up was uh, taking care of business and a pizza guy comes. Taking care of business. And the last song we did, I'm singing for the first time. Basically, our lead singer is Fred Turner. And there's a knock at the door, and there's a guy standing there with pizzas, an army suit on, army hat, big frizzy beard, frizzy hair, and says, I brought you the pizzas. I said, It's not us. We're going home. He goes and delivers them down the hall, comes back, knocks on the door again. I say, Yes. He said, I've been listening to the song for a couple of hours outside the room, and it sounds great. So it sounds like it could use a piano. And I say, yeah, but I'd like to get little Richard or Elton John. They're not around yeah, yeah, and we're yeah, going yeah. home to sleep. We've been here 14 hours. And he said, I'm a keyboard player, will you give me a shot? Mm-hmm. And I go, listen, man, we're so tired. And he's, please give me a shot. I, I don't deliver pizza till the end of the month when I can't pay my rent. So I said, okay, you got, I throw a mic and a piano. I say, okay, give me a little bit of Elton John, Dr. John, little Richard. He does a potpourri, a mixture of piano styles. Uh-huh. And then he thinks I'm going to listen to it and say, okay, i like the Dr. John or the Elton John. Do that for the whole take. He finishes it. We're so tired. We say, thanks a lot. And he goes home. We go home. He delivers the pizza. The head of our label flies in the next day. His name is Charlie Fash. Yeah. Play me the album. I said to the engineer, don't play the piano track. We haven't even heard it back. He just did it and we <laughs> left at 2 in the morning. We're now back at 10 the next morning. Halfway through the song, the engineer pushes up the fader and in comes the piano. And Charlie jumps out of his chair and he goes, That is amazing, that's just what I want. You guys are all guitar, bass, and drums. You and Frampton and ZZ Top (laughs) and Aerosmith, you're all good. Having the piano will get you some of Elton John's real estate on radio, AM and FM, because Elton John was everywhere in 73, 74, 75. Yeah. Let me hear it again, we back the song up, here's the whole version of Taking Care of Business. He goes, that's amazing, who's playing the piano? And I say, (laughs) a pizza delivery guy. And he says, "No, seriously, Randy, who's playing piano?" I said, "Seriously, Charlie, a guy brought pizza here." He said, "You got to find out who the guy is. He's got to be in the union. we got to give him credit. We'll get right, sued. Right. this song is a radio. This is a party song. Uh. This would be a career song." So I go to the uh, Steve Miller and I say, "Where'd you get pizza from the night before?" He says, "I have no idea because they clean up the studio when you leave. There's no those leftover, those leftover bills or receipts." Yeah. So I get the yellow pages. I go to the girl in the front of the studio, saying, "You started Antonio's. I'm going to start halfway through at Mario's." Phone every pleats or place within two or three blocks of the studio yeah. and see if they have a delivery guy that looks like Fidel Castro. They had a big <laughs> frizzy beard and an army suit on and had frizzy hair. Uh, so I got lucky and I went the third or fourth call. The guy did come to that studio. His name was Norman Durkee. That's the piano we hear, one take on Taking Care of Business. That was a good break for him. He became music director for Bette Midler on one of her American tours. And when I toured with Ringo Starr's All Star Band in 95, we ended the tour at the um, Greek Theater in LA, yes. and the rehearsal pianist there for the LA Philharmonic was Norman Durkee, the same guy. Well, <laughs> so that's the of that. That is awesome.
0: Come on, these, these are the stories that just make me want to freaking pick up a bass and play.
1: Yeah, you know, like no, play no, that's so great. When opportunity knocks,
0: yeah, you got to answer, be, yeah. right? Sure. All right, so exactly. well, and what? A, what a great story, and that's that's. Uh, I mean, I can't even think of one of those that's happened to us you know whoever coming in and playing but I I love those you know Randy's great man he's he's got stories for days I gotta get him on the podcast Ted Nugent and all these guys I I love the storyteller guys man because I'm one myself and I realize you know I realize I've you know I was there at the downbeat of uh, of a movement that you know I don't think too much about it because I was there but then people ask questions about stuff I was doing an interview the other day Jeez, dude, you should write a book. And talking to Ronnie Deal, you know, and, and, and to me, it's just, you know, it's just another day in the life, right? And from the next gig to the next one, and, and you know, so it's it's nice. Guys like us, we've we're of an age, we've we've lived a life, you know, that uh, there's there's some pretty fun stuff like that.
1: Definitely. Let's let's go to the chat real quick before we get out of here. John Thompson, question for Dave: Was there a runner-up name for Dieth?
0: No, the only name we had. And the way yeah. I said it was dieth, like like English, you know, king you know, game of thrones, dieth. <laughs> that, that's how that was the back on stage now. We teach people the name. It's kind of fun. Glaramie's got this cool thing of like die-th, dieth, Right. So it's 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 educational as well as musical.
1: Right on. Okay, here's one. Um this is from um uh, let's see here. The this is from John Thompson too. He said, "Did you get royalties off the MTV News use of P cells?"
0: Yeah, you know, I remember my lawyer one day said, "Look, we have this form. We want all of our artists to fill it out, and it was very well done. All the record labels and publishers were suing Viacom, which was MTV, <laughs> right? Because they'd used their they used their shit on everything, and they had these nice drop down menus. It was all laid out, and I just had to click boxes. It was done, and um." You know, this is pre sound exchange, so I didn't get the big money. You know, Dave was the writer on the track. Um, so you know, he for sure got that. But um, you know, the these days with this, you know, sound exchange money where we would get paid for digital stuff like that, yeah, it would have been a nice hit. But yeah, one day I just go to the mailbox and check in the mail, you know, so, like truly as they say in Nashville, mailbox money. So uh so, that
1: was not- so- is that why none of this stuff will get repurposed is because Viacom doesn't want to have to pay the sound exchange or pay the pub sure. it, because to me it would be advertising revenue for days, especially if, if uh Scotty in Eddie trunk, me, Ricky Rackman, Adam Curry, if we had the time and the energy to go in and and add new talking head stuff and memories and stuff around the episodes, you know my 100th 100 guests right. was Lemmy, first guest was Ricky, uh things like that to me would be advertising gold. We'd have advertisers. Obviously I'd want to share in the ad revenue which I'm sure Viacom wouldn't want to do. <laughs> um, but yeah. but that's is that is that why that stuff is probably never going to see like hey, Sher- Sherry, Redstone or whoever, I mean, I see the stock price going down. There's right. smart guys out there that, you know, we could probably get that Viacom stock price up if, if yeah. we were doing something cool. I
0: don't even know what Viacom does anymore. I mean, look, they're a company, they had TV <laughs> shows. They, you know, who knows what they do now? Maybe they own cereal and beer. Who knows? You know, these companies, right. it's, you know, they're just a ledger. I remember this stuff back when like, you know, uh, <clears throat> Molson, Remember like MCA or something was Canadian and got bought up by like Molson or and then you know Rockham <laughs> and all these, you know, all of our people were getting absorbed into these bigger, you know, these bigger and so as big as these record companies were, they were just another, you know, line item on a on some big, you know, General Mills, you know, corporate, you know, ledger sheet, you know, and, and it's uh, and the guitar companies, right? I mean, all this stuff went that way. So it's it's uh, but yeah, I mean it's look. You know, look, we were there, right? So we got to taste all that, you know, with MTV and, and, and VH1 and all this kind of stuff. And, it was, and let's face it, man, it sold records. It, it put bodies in the buildings and tours. I mean, TV. And that's why, you know, I, I read a great. Here's another one you should probably do with the monkeys, right? I read a great thing. It was after um, uh, Nesmith died. Michael Nesmith had died. And it was a great article. Rolling Stone or something did a great piece on him. And he realized, you know, the monkeys were on TV. As a musical act playing music, and he and so at when that show ended, he got it. How TV was the medium to get songs out to a general mass audience, that's why he's one of the founders of MTV. And and he helped start that because he was there, he really got it and understood it. So, you know, say what you will about MTV. I mean, look, we were on it, I loved it, (laughs) you know what I mean? It was. And it's funny, the whole baseline thing on MTV, it's like, I missed the whole thing because we were on tour. You know, I got people all the time coming up, the and going, dude, that baseline. Man, I was there, you know, and I was like, I-, I trust you. We were out touring, making, you know, trying to get the band. And the to pop.
1: pop, when that thing comes in, that baseline comes in, the pop. Yeah. From the crowd, yeah. it's, it's undeniable because of that, right? Because it's synonymous with, yeah. you know, that repetition.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's cool, well, you know, as a musician, as a player, to have one of those is, is cool. What I mean, I think of like Geezer with NIB or you know, uh, you know, certain people that just have have licks, you know, um, and you know, I got, have licks. I got to be lucky, you know, I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones that got to have one of those, you know, so it's uh, pretty
1: cool. So, ju- just two more things, real quick, here. Um, let's see, Dallas Bolin. Uh, if I have anything to comment, I don't know if this was already addressed. I hope you changed the name Kings of Thrash. Uh, sorry, is corny and kind of egotistical. Well, I, I disagree. I think you need to, for a for a group that's doing material under a different name, but you want it to be synonymous with something, and, and you want the promoters to have something to stick out. Right. But, but, right. But, but what do you, th- what Here, do you here's think? Here's the thing.
0: I'll answer that because I would agree. I, when we were going to launch the band, I thought this kind of sounds dickish, but here's how why we came up with the name. We were originally going to do a big fortune. And it just was too much of a production. The kings of thrash were going to be Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, and Anthrax. That was the name we came up with to launch that. And as we started sending, you know, inquiries out to promoters, they were like, you know, why don't you just do Megadeth? I mean, if that's David and Jeff, where they come from, people would hear those songs. And then we started looking it's like, oh my God, it's going to be like 18 people on the road, you know, and there's it's not that much money <laughs> to, to, to do that. so all of a sudden it was like, let's just cut it back. And and we decided, why don't we just go play two classic albums, Killing and So Far, which, you know, are kind of the, one you know, of the unsung heroes in the catalog in the early days. And it's, and there are two records from the eighties. There, there's records you're probably not ever going to hear most of these songs ever performed again live. And I think we do a, a, a very good job of them. You know, I think, I think the energy's there, you know, we're, we're clear headed, we're in good shape. We can, we can play the stuff, you know? So, um, so just to, yeah to your point yeah we didn't do it like that the the kings of thrash in this case would be Megadeth, not me and Jeff right so uh, just just so that that was our intent when we came out but as it. a
1: but as a branding tool if you were to say like say if Kerry if you ask Kerry King he could jump yeah. in there or 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 anybody from any of those classic albums exactly. um, or from any classic thrash <laughs> album
0: and um, and again without it turning into metal where we go play Slayer and all these different things, you know, that really wasn't my idea, but but we, we could, you know, I mean, if we wanted to go out and play like, you know, the first Overkill record and have fucking, you know, Blitz come out and sing, you know, we could, you know, if we wanted to go play, you know, Metal Thrashing Mad and Madden, you know, have fucking, you know, dance pits no come up, or Scott Ian, or Bill Turbin, yeah, you know, we could. I mean, that was kind of the idea. We didn't know where it was going to go. It seems like at this point, you know the mega years. That's why we 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 call it that, the mega years, because we're just you know doing these records. So I mean, I think we wanted to leave it pretty broad so that there's there's some flexibility and in, in where it goes. You know, when you launch a band, you, you sometimes you can think this is going to work, and suddenly over here, like wow, let's let's go with that. That's that works.
1: Did did you reach out to Chris Poland?
0: Yes. Yeah. Chris actually came out to uh the first four shows we did which was uh, San Diego Phoenix Vegas and then la um, we, we he joined us for those now he's got a family at home he's got a day job running downtown rehearsal so he can't really leave and go on the roads per se but um, he joined us for those for, for those four dates and then we filmed and recorded uh, live at the whiskey uh, it's called Best of the West, and we put that out in Cleopatra back in uh, March. So that's now out as a recorded uh, double live album and uh, DVD. I mean, look—it's all of killing all of so far, and about half of p Cells. I mean, it's fucking—you know—talk about like you said, go heavier as you get older. I mean, Jesus, it's yeah. like we're—we're we're that. We didn't play that many songs back when we were 25, you know, and, and when we were doing those records, you know. So um we really yeah we we packed it packed it good and again I, I think we're just doing the doing the catalog uh giving it a nice homage and a you know and a, and a nice you know salute because like i said these you're not you're not probably not gonna hear these songs played live really anymore you know so i think it's just it's it's meant as a tribute and especially this year it's 40 years since we started the band four years this month actually so you know, really? and, you know yeah and kind of where you yeah, have me and Dave met in 83 june 83 and by July, we were, you know, in rehearsing. Me and Dave and my friend Greg Hanovit, Dijon Carruthers, who's credited with uh, Black Friday, writing the lyrics for Black Friday, and um, and then uh, and a, a singer guy named Laura, who was only there for a little bit. He, Dave knew him, and and then you know it's great. He, Laura was gone. Then we we let Greg go. And then Dijon was gone and I was just me and Dave. And then that's when we got Lee Rausch in the band who just passed away here um, this last month. So Lee was yeah, there I was sorry and, to hear that. and Kerry King came in, you know? Um, so Jim Durkin from dark angel was there for, for a little bit. He was kind of auditioning him, playing with him a little bit, but then Kerry came in and Kerry really, he really had the the feel for it, you know? So. Okay. launch of the band.
1: Wow. I didn't know Jim had jammed with you guys.
0: Yeah. And then we had to call him and borrow his Marshall so we could go debut the band up. And <laughs> hey, dude, sorry the gig didn't work out. Can we borrow your Marshall? Like, he, 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 he was did? a total he bro. <laughs> I think he, said, he was a total bro. Yeah, don't damage my amp. You know what I mean? Fuck you guys. Don't beat my amp up. Oh, we won't. <laughs> no, dude, Jim was cool, man, and and he and he knew it. I mean, he was he was a younger guy. You know what I mean? He was a little bit younger, and and he was a good player. He just didn't have quite as much experience. You know, Slayer, Slayer was starting to, you know, get going. And it's funny, though, but Kerry going up to the Bay Area and playing those shows with us, a couple things happened. One, he realized, as we did an in-store at the record vault in the city, he realized, you know, people going, dude, what's up with Slayer? What's up with Slayer? Like, he realized, oh, yeah, I better not quit the band yet, right? Like, we've got something. And they were still in their kind of Lizzie Borden makeup years, you know? Um I mean, he went home and wiped the makeup off because he thine had seen the glory of thrash yeah. metal in the Bay Area. I mean, he got a front row to it. So, um, and then also, I think on that runner, the second run we did in, in April of that year of '84, he you know we met he met the action. This guys and and you know got to know them and that really I think that's really where he keyed in. And that's where, of course Gary Holtz. You know, became a dear friend to Kerry and kind of a go to first call guy after Jeff Hanneman you know um but also Kerry would always tell me man he loved tom hunting he was like oh tom's, tom's the fucking best drummer out there man so i, I, I yeah. kind of have a feeling you know he came back home and probably leaned on lombardo a little bit they play more like tom you know so uh <laughs> and dave's great dave can play anything you know so
1: uh yeah and he, he'd be another one great you know because if you if you if, if you give him a call and he comes up with kings of thrash then the name is even more powerful right so yeah um but, you know, te- teach their own. I can see where Dallas is coming from. You know, I just think that you got to you got to have something that's grabbing uh, people out of the gate, yeah. because like when heaven and hell did their thing, you knew it. You knew, OK, oh, oh what? Yeah. it's not Black Sabbath. It's heaven and hell. But you know who it is. You know who the personnel is because yeah. it it relates And that, and that you need something that cuts through. But you 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 know you're making a good name with Dieth. and um yeah. and I like I believe me I was I was skeptical at first because of death and because of Doth yeah. like the patches the shirts like how do I tell what's what you know like but now you're yeah. right with the logo The
0: logo <laughs> defines it man the logo once we we say man once we got that logo back now we've got a t-shirt because once you've got a t-shirt. That's your when you go to any show, Metallica or Pantera or Hatebreed or whatever, it's like you see a diet shirt, it's like, oh yeah, I know that band. Like that is your that's your calling card, right? That's yeah. that is your identity. And anybody wears that, you're like, oh, cool, man. You're in you're in that tribe, you know. So um yeah, it's yeah, kind of like everybody took everybody, from everybody,
1: <laughs> everybody took that from metal. Like literally everybody took that from metal. Like WWE takes it from metal, like any uh any wrestling promotion, whether it's an indie promotion, you you want i mean they straight up take the like the song titles and the names and like i've even been reached oh. out to like like there was a someone reached out to me about hey we want to use rise of brutality which i own the mark for right. you know um the a wrestler actually so yeah. that 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 you're right it's like you if you go to a show like i say in the wild i go if you that's how i know if a band is real if you go to a show and you see a shirt or five or 10 or 15 or 20 in the wild. Yeah. Then you go, wow. Okay. That's real. That that's you, real. You see right.
0: This- I mean, that, that's it. That's it. You know, that's why it was fun when we launched with this, you know, back in June, we kicked the band off. Some testament dates fell in. Ironically, you know, Gary Holtz, his brother got into an accident in Rome. And so he, he they flew home and pulled Exodus off the bill. Um, and so Dieth jumped on a couple of dates uh, in Berlin and over. So we 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 kicked off with that with Testament, and then but then we did these three Polish shows that we already had booked, and one of them is in Gdańsk. You know, basically kind of the home base of the band, right, based in Gdańsk, Poland. And it was cool to play. We played the smaller room where we shot in the Hall of Hanging Serpents video, which is a pretty big, one. and it was just cool to be all the Dieth shirts. You know, people were, you know they it's a thing, and, and it's funny because. I guess you like you form a band in you know Boston, New York, LA, you know, London. It's 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 a hard go. They've seen everything, right? But you form a band and you dance Poland, like they get real fucking proud real quick, you know. And that's you know that's Nurgle from Behemoth. I mean, he's mayor of the damn place, you know. I mean, he's he's the guy, you know. So uh, it, we we've got a good friend in him, and uh, you know he's 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 Elvis there, man. He sits at the top of the throne, and and uh, but it's it's cool, man, to have. Uh, you know, have our band based on the halfway around the world, you know, somewhere else. And it's, it's, I think that's part of the charm is this kind of music. It, it originated there and it needs to have a, have a real roots in, in that, uh, in that, you know, community, because that's, that's truly what it is, where it started. And, you know, you got you got to have a home base for your band and it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of frequent flyer miles for me flying over there all the time, but you know, it, it's just part, it's part of what it is, man. And I get excited about it. I think it's friggin' cool as shit, man.
1: You're going to, you're going to have to get that lot, that lot, uh, credit card, that L-O-T, you know, L-O-T, exactly. Right.
0: Right, right.
1: <laughs>
0: they send me, they send me ads all the time now <laughs> yep, yeah. and all the time.
1: Well, th- thank you so much, man, and, and good luck with everything. Come back uh, w- when the new, next record is ready to drop, or when, whatever you want to promote. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let me know. I appreciate and it, I'm agree. Glad we
0: finally got to connect, man. We, we've, we've 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 attempted this a number of times, and I'm glad it finally finally. I know because I missed you. I missed
1: you. I missed you by like ten minutes, I think, at the Anthrax uh, BLS Haybridge show in yes. in Arizona. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I was going to try to get a hotel room so we could shoot it there. And then I couldn't didn't yeah. have the cameras. I didn't, yeah, I remember. No, I know. So I'm glad I know. I know people are so tired of the Zoom episodes. And I know that we'll have to edit this and fix the audio and everything. But, yeah, we'll, we'll do it in person. Next thing, you know, when I get the new yeah. studio set up or if you're in New York, we'll go to the New York studio. Cool. Um. But stay in touch and, and good luck with everything and tell the guys I said great work uh, cool. and everybody go check out Dieth. And yeah, man, take care. We'll see. You. I'm sure I'll see you. We're, our paths will cross somewhere.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are. We're. We're. Well, we're not mobile right this minute, so we can do a podcast. But then we're fucking mobile again. You know, so that's that's oh, what yeah. we do, right? We we roll around the world. So, look absolutely, brother. Thanks, brother. thanks, Dave.
1: Thanks, Brian. Thanks, everybody. Just a quick outro to thank our sponsors and let everybody know that the podcast is coming back in full force, and uh, we have Brendan Small from the mighty death clock who are headed out on tour with uh with with my buddy gene hoagland and of course uh jason richardson is going to be opening and also baby metals on the bill it's gonna be a fun time go get your tickets and go get the new blu-ray although i'm seeing a lot of people saying that blu-ray sold out everywhere so that's good um that's great yeah i I think that's really good for independent creators and uh, you know going through a big company like warner Brothers. Uh, maybe they maybe they doubted Brendan a little bit and didn't make enough. Hopefully they'll get some more out there to all the stores and all the mail orders. Speaking of a mail order, you should support. Go to indiemerchstore.com Use a promo code Josta ten. You'll see they have all the dope Carnifex merch. You'll see they got the Cannibal Corpse pre order, the Thy Art Is Murder pre order, and of course uh, all the restocks and all the good stuff. indiemerchstore.com Use a promo code Josta ten. Also support Factor Meals, a great meal kit that you can get. Delivered right to your door. It's uh, quick and easy to just heat and eat. You can travel with them. Um, they're they got an awesome selection, and they're giving you guys 50% off when you go to factormeals.com and use the promo code Josta50. Uh factor meals.com slash Josta50, then use the code Josta50. And then of course, yeah, um depop.com slash josta, all those items are getting shipped out. And that was very helpful because you guys know I went through this uh, these health issues and had a ton of bills racking up. So thank you if you bought something off of depop.com slash Josta. All those orders are getting shipped out this week before I leave for tour. And uh, sign up for the Patreon if you want to listen to the tour diaries while I'm out on the road, patreon.com slash Josta. All right. Uh, Gas Digital for the new How
0: Awesome. Use promo code Josta30 for the next little bit free and trial right 30 days instead of seven so go check that out there's and too we'll much have the, stuff
2: to check out in seven days
1: we'll we'll have the um the how awesome is this episode for the the hulk hogan that terrible hulk hogan movie we watched that'll, that'll be suburban up and suburban commando <laughs> and uh and we'll post when we're going to record it again we're, we're doing a john claude van damme one next right what's we're going back to jcvd
2: yeah but this is by far his best movie
1: okay <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna watch it tonight so uh, i'll let you know um all right everybody i'll see you on the road this week i hope you enjoyed the show and we'll be back with uh with uh, brendan small from from death clock it's gonna be great bye-bye produced by brian mckay executive producers jake olshevsky ben lee aj lewis garrett keeping dan smith nick Torito, j.j hernandez joe bardovic jason jarvis Chris Larice, Alex Smolin, Todd McKee, John Blewett, Richard Miller, Kyle Marg, Nate Leffingwell, Morgan Costner, Mark Tagg, Zapagor Waikato, Niall Schollard, Kathy D'Ambrosio, Justin Steven, Jack Flanders, the pit commander, Andy Wilson, Jeffrey Kuhn, Kimo Humalamaki, Jonathan Metis. Brandon Cooper, Matthew Jankowskis, Jamie Kutcher, Ryan Underkoffler, Matt West, Ryan Maurice, Chad Green, Dallas Hendricks, Jacob Ahrensberg, Kenneth Moore, Kona Butterflies, Stephen Helm, Richard McIntosh, Jeff Stevenson, Ryan Williams, Larry Tooley, Dallas Boland, Ryan St. Nathan Rex Madrid Cameron Hendricks Scandalous official Joe Motson Let's Talk Resident Evil Andrew Chase Guy on the Couch Chris Winchester Antonio Reyes Joe Ottson Dustin Stone Lee Walker Ryan Levson John Hankus, Robert Bushaw Troy Seal Mark Horror Armenta Jay Liberston Nick Fowler Mike Horgan, Emma Horgan, Arnarok, Patrick King, Oscar Brumman, Stacey Steineke, Fernando Somoza, Patrick O'Brien, Dominique Zimmer, Ryan Sanders, Lara
0: Snyder, Daniel Burt, Milwaukee Metal Sausage, Adam Boss.